Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Super Bowl 55 SB Nation NFL Reaction Show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me tonight, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. What's up, RJ? What's going on, Rob? Another season in the books. Congratulations to you. You and I became friends this season. I really enjoyed your takes all year long. Um, I always feel rather nostalgic when the Super Bowl ends. It's a long off season. Uh, I'm very excited to see what we put together here on the SB Nation NFL show, but um, cheers, my friend. It was a good run. It was a hell of a year culminated in a absolutely crazy Super Bowl that really nobody expected. Um, congrats to the Bucks! You are the Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady. You get to enjoy your seventh Super Bowl ring. I, I, I mean, I look, we were talking about the game all week. The one scenario I didn't see was a whooping and make no mistake. This was domination from the Buccaneers. I agree. You know, you and I stats before the game, we jumped on clubhouse. A few of us SB Nationers and Pete Sweeney, who covers the Chiefs for us at SB Nation over at Arrowhead Pride, was a little bit tongue in cheek. But, you know, when I asked him for a score prediction, he he anticipated the Chiefs winning by two possessions. You said that nobody thought this was coming. I certainly didn't anticipate this, you know, sort of a thumping, but I am one of two SB Nation NFL experts who did pick Tampa Bay to win. Your other co-host, Brandon Lee Gowden, picked the Buccaneers somewhat jokingly to put the whammy, as you like to say, on them. I believed. So that makes me the lone person who had legitimate and unquestioned, unadulterated belief in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I tell you stats, it feels pretty good right now. Congratulations to you. I think nobody, I think it's fair. Nobody tonight was a bigger winner than you. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I actually do think, and, and maybe this is a nice segue to the game. Um, this feels like, th- this feels like a, a show that brought together all these, not washed up, but kind of actors that had never really won anything that all of a sudden starts like games of throning things and, and everybody gets a piece of the pie. I was thinking about it. Like it's really cool to see Mike Evans get a ring, for example, but and Kong Su, a, a really great career that now has that crowning achievement. Um, obviously Tom Brady is what it is. LaShawn McCoy now has two rings. That's kind of crazy. Like, I mean, it's, it's a weird reality to live in. Um, I also, I do want to start stats. I have really trash talked to Bruce Arians a lot on our productions throughout the year i maintain a lot of what i have said however this was an incredible performance and todd bowles my god i mean just hats off to the buccaneers in every capacity there are certainly a lot of kudos to go around we want to congratulate everybody also want to point out that uh, there will be no daily tomorrow this is going to take the place of the daily so if you're hoping for a five minute update here's what you need to know The Super Bowl happened. We're going to talk about it. Nothing else in the NFL matters. And you're going to get a full breakdown of this game from the Monday Football Monday crew from what I'm sure is a dejected Pete Sweeney. Look, man, 
I've been there. I've been there twice in the past decade. I know what it's like. It hurts and it never goes away. But this was, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was under attack from the second the ball was kicked off and it never stopped. He was pressured on 52% of his dropbacks. That's the most any quarterback has ever been pressured in the history of the Super Bowl. It really, um, you know, we talked so much about, or people talked about the Steve Spagnuolo factor, right? He knows how to beat Tom Brady, and that was a really effective formula. I don't think there is anybody that questioned the validity of that. I mean, there's a Super Bowl ring in New York to, you know, provide for that argument, but we, we did talk about the poorest Kansas City offensive line, and that certainly aided to it. And I think I, I really – it felt like nobody played the Chiefs like this all year. It felt like the Buccaneers were the first team to not necessarily crack the code, but but find the obvious and say, this will work. Let's let's do this. And I, I think I hate kind of declarative statistics stats, um, except for you, of course. Um, and I think that what I will remember forever about this game is that the Chiefs did not score a single touchdown. And – Patrick Mahomes, Tony Romo made mention of it in the broadcast that he's going to play in a lot of these games. And you know how there's there's Super Bowl records, right? Like, you know, tonight, Rob Gronkowski tied your boy, Jerry Rice, for the, or they're the only players in Super Bowl history to have multiple games with multiple receiving touchdowns. And the only way you can carve out a place in those records is if you play in a lot of Super Bowls. And to be, to be blunt, this is going to dramatically weigh down whatever Patrick Mahomes is able to do throughout the course of his career because he went over in this game. And it's so hard to get here in general. Uh, Romo pointed it out in the broadcast, too. If we're talking about Mahomes potentially being the greatest ever, he can't get to seven Super Bowls because Brady whooped him head to head. So he has to get to eight, which makes it that much harder. But I just thought all night the Chiefs were not sharp. They had no composure. They had 11 penalties in this game for 120 yards. That's the most penalties and yards that they've had under Andy Reid. They just... They didn't look like themselves from from the get-go. And, I mean, I know some people were complaining about the officials throwing flags in the first half. I didn't have any complaints about it. And, by the way, one of those penalties was an offsides that took a field goal off the board that led to a Tampa Bay touchdown. And two of those penalties were unsportsmanlike conduct because Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew couldn't keep it together. So, you know, you can blame the officials all you want, but the Chiefs were their own worst enemy. I hate to always lean on things like Tom Brady's been here before. He's seen everything that you can see in the NFL. This felt like the Chiefs not knowing how to handle this part of greatness, right? Because for so long, they've been riding the, we just smoke teams. We have these great comebacks. We're always the ones at the podium. We're on the plus side of it all. And and this is different, right? Like this is when you are the hunted. And it felt like they did not know how to handle that. It felt like they were unprepared. And I don't want to say it felt like they could or that they thought they could just kind of coast to this game. But there was no question that Tampa had done far more homework about this game. It, it kind of felt like the Chiefs just rolled up out of the AFC Championship game thinking, we'll just Mahomes our way to a second straight title. I thought the Chiefs' entire game plan was built around protecting the offensive line. And the game, as the game script went along, the Chiefs just continually were down by multiple scores and they were constantly in third and long. And you cannot hide the offensive line in those two very specific game situations. And that's basically where they were all night long. There was nothing they could do. Listen to this. Patrick Mahomes, before either a sack or a pass, ran for 
497 yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's how much he was running around. That's how much he was under pressure. You cannot play like that. I don't care who you are. You're just not going to be successful. I know it's not hip to bag on Mahomes. I know that Mahomes is flawless and walks on water and is perfect in every composite category that there is on earth. I I think that when people look back at this game, he he should bear a lot of the blame. The offensive line was bad. There's no question about that. And we knew it was going to be bad. But you can't just run back 15 yards every play. And I know you have the strongest arm in the universe. That I mean, my, my point is, I, I don't want to say he did his offensive line no favors, but he made those moments all the more difficult than they had to be, which, you know, is hard enough as it is, and he makes it look easy. And he had a lot of amazing incompletions in this game, but but that added to the overall effect. And I don't know if it was running, not scared, but running spooked because he felt like he had to buy that much space of time. It really, though, obviously was a big reason why the Chiefs just, again, I mean, a total domination by the Buccaneers defense. Yeah, it was a beatdown. And you're right. Mahomes didn't exactly do his offensive line any favors. There were times where I think he could have stepped up and actually avoided some time. And he actually did a couple of times, stepping pretty close to the line of scrimmage, and he was able to get a pass out. But you're right. When you go back and back and back, like that is not that is not how it's supposed to be done. Your offensive line really can't do anything if you're dropping back 15 yards. But I also thought Kansas City didn't have anything on the ground. So like they were just depending on Mahomes. They couldn't even hand it off a couple of times to, you know, try and take a little bit of the pressure off. It was just, here you go, Patrick. Chuck it to Kelsey. Chuck it to Tyreek Hill, although Tyreek Hill really didn't do much in the game until it was well out of reach. It was just it was just an off night for Kansas City. If they replayed this game, maybe the Chiefs do better, but they only play it once, as we all know, and this is what they have to live with now for an entire offseason. I don't think it was an off night. I think we've talked so much about how they have floated so close to the sun all season long, and they just haven't played teams that were capable of capitalizing on those mistakes. They they have relied on being able to pull the, the ace card out of the deck, right? And they always have, right? Like Tyreek Hill for 38 yards, Travis Kelsey for 66 yards, you know, Patrick Mahomes. They said early on in the game, always picks up those third and long runs because everybody's playing so deep downfield. And Tampa just wasn't going to fall for that. Tampa didn't take the cheese that every team has at this point. We've sat here week after week after week wondering why Sean McDermott, as an example, most recently kind of played into the hand that the Chiefs wanted. And the Buccaneers didn't. The Buccaneers rattled them and nobody had done that. And I think that when nobody does that, you develop a sense of invincibility. And when that's questioned, you have nowhere to turn because everything you know, the whole fabric of it all is upside down. See, were they rattled or was it this? Because I almost wonder if this was the situation. They have such a history of coming back. I mean, last year in the playoffs, we've all heard it a million times by now. They trailed in every game. They came back. They were down by double digits. They came back. I almost wonder if because they had such a history of coming back, that there wasn't the same kind of urgency that there would be by another team in that situation. Because I know for myself, watching the game, anytime something moderately good happened for Kansas City, I found myself saying, okay, Maybe this is the play. Now, this is the play where they're going to start to turn around. Now, it's this one. Oh, no, they didn't convert a third. Okay, no, it's this one. And it's it just never came. And I almost wonder if they were almost too calm. Like, they almost just thought it was destined to happen instead of going out and making it happen. You ever play one of those games on your iPhone stats and it's like, 
you know, you can spend like five bucks to get like 300 coins or whatever. And you're like, I'm only going to spend five dollars once, you know, and then you, you, you buy the 300 coins and like you burn through them. And you're like, OK, fine. It, it won't be a big deal if I buy it twice or whatever. And before you know it, you've spent 60 bucks. and You're just thinking, how did I get to this point in my life? And it kind of felt like that, like they kept trying to buy that trick, right? That that moment, that that flicker, that lightning in a bottle. And Tampa just wouldn't let them. And I really applaud it. And I I hate to just, you know, Tom Brady's the go, Tom Brady, everything he is. But I think that that mentality was driven by him. I, I think that his arrival really, I mean, maybe maybe didn't fully do that because nobody can see stats his face but it was a catalyst it, there, there was a culture change with the Buccaneers this is the same team that Jameis Winston you know was a disaster for last year and I think everything gelled in the right place and I think that the Buccaneers truly were the best team in the NFL this year I am not willing to say that at all. I'm not willing to say any of what you just said, to be nice. honest with you. I mean, this is a team that went seven and nine with a quarterback that threw 30 interceptions last year. Like maybe this defense was this good last year too. And if they didn't have a complete train wreck at quarterback, they probably would have looked a lot better. Now, I don't want to, I don't mean to speak down of Tom Brady. He played well enough to win. I thought he had a, a solid game. I didn't think he was the MVP by any stretch. Like I I'm, not stunned they gave it to him because that's what we do because we want to be able to say that now he has five MVPs and what a storybook thing. But did you think Tom Brady was the most important player in this game? Because I sure as hell didn't. No, I didn't. And I don't know that anybody did. I think that it is the coolest story, to your point. I think Devin White should have won MVP. And yes. I think I think that Devin White should have won it and because I like exclamation point moments for MVPs, right? Like, that's that's really cool. Like, I think it would have been awesome, for example, if Julian Edelman had won uh, MVP in Super Bowl 51 because you have the the catch, the you know, like, the MVP should have the, the moment that you never forget. And I think the Devin White interception at the end that prohibited the Chiefs from scoring even a garbage time touchdown and ultimately was the final point of the pitching a shutout is the reason why he should be MVP. I mean, his whole game is, but you get my point. Like, that's the pretty moment. That's the cover of the box. And so I, I don't know, I, I but it did feel like Tom. I said this last week somewhere. Tom Brady could have gone like six of nineteen for eighty three yards and won MVP. It felt a lot like Peyton Manning, who is a now Hall of Famer by the way in Super Bowl forty one. It was just it was going to happen. Yeah, and I hate that because it's like, well, then why do we even play the game? We just decided if the Buccaneers win, we're going to give it to the quarterback. And there were so many good performances by the Bucks that were not Tom Brady. Gronkowski was awesome. Mm. Leonard Fournette picked up off the scrap heap was a huge part of it for Tampa Bay. Moving the chains again and again, breaking tackles. He beasted a couple of guys. They had good performances on both sides of the ball from Tampa Bay. I didn't think Brady deserved to be the MVP, but he is. So he is. I I want to give a special shout out to Antoine Winfield. Oh, because he might not have been the MVP, but he had the moment of the game when he breaks up a fourth down pass to Tyreek Hill and immediately turns around and throws up the deuces right in his face. And I don't care that he got a taunting penalty. It was totally worth it. Awesome job by the rookie. I completely agree with you. I think people forgot. I think Chiefs fans certainly forgot uh, how Tyreek Hill really trolled the Buccaneers after his big game in Tampa 10 weeks ago. Um, I, I like I like that. I like that narrative. I like that fun. I think it's good juice. Stats, I do think that this game was the that's how we got him game in a lot of ways. Like you ever, you know, when 
I don't know, when Debo Samuel makes a play, I'm sure you're like, that's why we got him. Talking about your favorite team, the 49ers, right? Like whenever a team's big time free agent signing makes a, a play, an interception or whatever, that team's like, that's why we went and got that dude. And that happened like for everybody on the Buccaneers, right? Like Tom Brady, obviously. Leonard Fournette, obviously, right? Like, because a lot of people say, why do you need Leonard Fournette? Like, no big deal. You've got Ronald Jones. You can figure things out. No, that's how we got him. Rob Gronkowski, that's how we got him. Devin White was a draft pick a little bit different. Jason Pierre-Paul, that's how we got him. Shaq Barrett, that's how we brought him back. And ultimately, and this one pains me the most, Bruce Arians. I do think Bruce's mentality of like, now nah, you we're good. You want us to chill? Hell no. We're we're here to win. We're we're here to dominate these fools. We're here to do whatever it takes. That's why you went and got Bruce Arians, and it was ultimately that. That's why they got him game for Tampa Bay. You're a hundred percent right. This is the first time in Super Bowl history that all of the points scored by the winner were scored by people who were not on the team the previous season. That's Amazing. literally the, that's why we got them game. I mean, that's incredible. So that you're a hundred percent right on that. And yeah, I, I think that the Bucks had the right mentality. I think that they, I give them credit, especially Bruce Arians, because he went out of his way to put together a very diverse coaching staff. And lo and behold, they won the Super Bowl. Like, imagine that. If you hire good people for good jobs, you can be successful. So shout out to him and congratulations to everybody on the Bucks who now has a Super Bowl ring, including Blaine Gabbert. I also, <laughs> that's why we got, him. but um, I think, I think Bruce Arians has a special, that's why we got him because we all have whatever team you root for. We all have that guy on our favorite team that we irrationally love, right? That, that we, you know, they can have poor performances and it's, you just don't get it. You know, the, they weren't blocking for him, you know, like whatever it, it's not, you know, this and that the turf was weird, whatever. And not that there has never been any reason to believe in him, but Bruce Arians has backed Todd Bowles from the jump. And he's backed Byron Leftwich from the jump. He had Byron Leftwich, obviously, with his team with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had Todd Bowles in Arizona. And we forget, you know, shout out to Mike Remmers, who is the common denominator in Cam Newton not having a ring and Patrick Mahomes not having two in a row. But the, those Carolina Panthers beat Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles' Arizona Cardinals. I, I thought that that team was really special that year. And so, you know, Bruce Arians believed in him. And I think a lot of people, when a coach leaves teams or, or joins a new team like Bruce Arians, joins the Buccaneers after having been the head coach in Arizona and he just kind of reassembles a similar staff it's like oh man what are you doing bringing in Todd Bowles you know you, you didn't pull it off in Arizona that's why I got him just see Todd Bowles is the MVP of this game like shout out to Devin White but what he did was masterful absolutely I think Mahomes didn't complete a pass on third down until the fourth quarter he was absolutely masterful in his game plan Mahomes couldn't figure out how to get the ball to receivers because Tampa Bay was only rushing four. So there's seven guys in coverage and Mahomes couldn't move around the same way he usually could. And it really hampered him. I totally agree. Todd Bowles deserves a ton of credit. All right, let's take a break. You mentioned Bruce Arians. He said something after the game that's going to make a lot of Buccaneers fans very happy. We'll tell you what it is and we'll give us some more thoughts on the game and maybe some of the more fun, lighter moments of the night as well. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the SB Nation NFL show. This is our Super Bowl 55 reaction show. I mentioned before the break, Bruce Arians said something that's going to make Buccaneers fans happy. He was asked about retiring after the game, and in typical Bruce Arians fashion, he said, quote, hell no, I ain't going anywhere. I'm trying to get two, and then we'll see. I think that's interesting because a lot of people have built the idea up that Bruce Arians kind of set the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up to pass the team over to Byron Leftwich, right? Like you've heard that theory before. And so, you know, winning changes things. I mentioned earlier the clubhouse that we did. Pete Tweeney noted that Sammy Watkins talked about how the Chiefs winning this game would impact his free agency because if they did, he would want to return for a third in a row. I think the Buccaneers' chances is an example of retaining Chris Godwin goes up, right? Like, why are you going to leave? Why are you going to leave the GOAT? Whatever, blah, blah. And to Bruce Arians' point, last remember, everybody last year said, why would Andy Reid leave? You know, he's, he's got the best quarterback in the world on his roster. And, you know, Tom Brady's not current day Patrick Mahomes right now. But there's no reason to believe that the Buccaneers in what is going to be a down NFC South again cannot have all the same success in the world. I mean, they just became the first team to win the Super Bowl at home. They're pulling off really incredible things. Don't don't fall into that trap, though, because I feel like every year somebody wins the Super Bowl and then like. Ten minutes after the game, that article pops up online. Here's why they could repeat. I feel like it happens with every single champion. And I agree. The NFC South is going to, it seems down. And I think the NFC is the weaker conference by far. So there's every indication to believe that the Bucs will definitely be in the mix next year. But let's just leave it at that. Let's not go any further. Pete Sweeney was talking about a, a Chiefs three-peat on the round table. <laughs> I wanted to jump through the microphone wire and slap him in the head. I want to ask Let's you not get ahead of ourselves. I want to ask you something stats um, that we're so much talk about statues all the time. There's a John Gruden statue in Tampa Bay is, I mean, what, what percent of the way has Bruce Arians no. gone to becoming, Zero. to becoming the greatest coach in Buccaneers history? That's my question. Zero. Zero. No, he certainly has gone at least like 50%, like if of, of the road to go, to become the greatest coach in Buccaneers history. He is at the very least 50% there because if this isn't an organization with an incredibly rich or prominent history, right? And, and, right. you know, so that's, that's part of it. And, you know, if he leaves after next year, obviously he's not going to have a chance. Like the volume is necessary. I agree with you overall, but 
he has he brought a title. He brought he, and and Bruce Arians, I guarantee you, a lot of Buccaneers fans will hold this one in a little bit more special regard because it happened at home. And and you know what? It happened despite the Chiefs whining and crying about the ability to fire the kids. I hope they fire those things for like eighteen straight days. I was just gonna say that. I hope they fired them after the game. Like. Once the game is over, the impartiality should go out the window. Fire the cannons. Load them up with confetti. Shoot them off. Come on. What are we talking about here? Um, anything else about the game you want to mention before we get to some of the other stuff that went on tonight? The only other thing, and maybe this is obvious, but similarly, the, the this whole game was billed as the goat against the baby goat. And I thought your point that you mentioned that Tony Romo had about how now Patrick Mahomes has to get to eight. That's so difficult. That's so hard. Yep. I mean, it it does seem like not, you know, it's so rare that something is untouchable. Like I do view as an example, Emmett Smith's all-time leading rushing record as that, especially with the NFL gravitating to more passing. So that just feels untouchable. In a totally different way, Tom Brady's legacy as the GOAT is very untouchable. And I'm sure you saw this stat. There were people talking earlier in the week. Oh, if the Chiefs win, does Mahomes open the door to to maybe already be the greatest of all time over Tom Brady? No, that would have been ridiculous if that had happened. And so in a similar way, I don't think there was much doubt. There is zero doubt that Rob Gronkowski will forever be the greatest tight end of all time. And I think that people have looked at his success before this game. And some of it, I know there was the one Super Bowl that he was hurt for and not a real part of it, you know, and and everything. But the fact that he came out of retirement and was not just, you know, on the team in spirit and in literalness, but he was a big factor in this game specifically. I mean, and and he he, he's a boost to the the Brady lore of it all. I Rob Gronkowski is the greatest tight end of all time. And Travis Kelsey has a chance to be one of the top, whatever you want to call it. And his road became all the more difficult as well. Yeah, I, I go back and forth on the greatest tight end of all time thing because he's he's so good. And he you're right. He was an absolute factor in this game, run blocking and catching the football. Tony Gonzalez's numbers are so much better than his. Like, it's not by a little. It's by a lot. So I don't want to just say hands down, it's no contest. But, I mean, what are we going to do if the planet Gronk is from decides to send more people <laughs> like him? Like, that's what I want to know. Um, the, I have, incredible. I have one more thought. Um, stats. Every year, teams, we, we see copycats, right? Like, every team wants to copy the path and the route and the formula of the Super Bowl winner. I do think, and I honestly hope, that every team looks at Tampa and, and not how the Buccaneers necessarily went all in, but how they were so unafraid to add, right? It was Leonard Fournette's available. Cool. Let's do it. Who cares what we have? We'll make it work. Antonio Brown's available. We have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Why would we settle? You know, Rob Gronkowski uh, at the time, we have OJ Howard and Cam Bray. No, let's go get him. I loved the way the Buccaneers continually added and never stopped. And and I think it really was, you ever do um, like at a, at a burger place, you get your soda and get like a little bit of everyone you know what I'm talking about like you go down the I line done and that, yeah. <laughs> like that was the Buccaneers this season and it worked and I hope that more teams look at that and say we don't have to just think that our model is going to be good enough we can continue to add as the season progresses it I mean when you think about it like why would you not want more good players what is the worst that happens you don't need them and win anyway like that's the worst thing that happens just keep adding good people I agree with you I I, I hope the teams do it the salary cap is not a thing. I think we've all seen that. And you never know 
who you might need, and when. And the Buccaneers are a great example that Antonio Brown caught a touchdown pass. That's why we got him. That's why we got him. Right. Leonard Fournette, Gronk. I mean, it goes on and on. It was ridiculous. And and good for the Buccaneers. Process should be rewarded. Good process should be rewarded, and it was tonight. Well done. John Gruden's team's the only teams to defeat the Chiefs this season. Literally, John Gruden's team and then his former team, the Buccaneers. Pretty cool. I mentioned that stat about, about Mahomes running for 497 yards before throwing the ball or getting sacked tonight. That was the highest of any game in his career. You know what the second highest was? That game against the Raiders? Five season? against the Raiders. He ran for 495 before that. So, I mean, that that's your formula, really. I don't know how many teams can actually do it, but that seems to be the way. What was your pick for – well, first of all, what did you think of the anthem? Um. Well, I, I hate to rip you off in front of you, but you had a line, we were talking about this, that really resonated with me mid-anthem, like <laughs> before it was over. Um, it is not a duet. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Like it's it's a, I said when we preview or talked about this last week, I love when there's, there's a vulnerability to it that I appreciate from the moment. And that is, you know, fractured when you have more than one person so I, I also don't like making it a cool slow you know rough country song not a fan of that i mean from an audio standpoint i think they're both very talented and you know it was nice but it wasn't the best super bowl national anthem it wasn't even close i won't even <laughs> remember this in two days that's how forgettable it was no thank you hard pass one star would not recommend what did you think of the hologram Vince Lombardi that the NFL has been pumping up for days? I did not hate this as much as you did. I, like I said, the Super Bowl makes me very nostalgic. I think it's cool. Experiment. You know, like, like you're saying, what's the worst thing that happened here? We had a cool hologram of one of the greatest coaches of all time. That's a cool net result here. How many people even knew who he was? Give me a break. Can we let Vince Lombardi rest, please? The man's been dead for decades. Let him rest. We don't need hologram Vince Lombardi to get us all up the turf after a horrible 2020. Hard pass. No, thank you. What do you think of the halftime show? Didn't see it. I was out snowblowing my driveway. What? Look, really? We got six inches of snow here. I had to snowblow the driveway. My wife's got to go to work in the morning. My kids okay. got to go to school. Like, hey. Well, I don't I, care about the weekend. I don't live in a climate that involves snow. So, like, I don't know the protocols. I don't know if, if well, like, I don't know that that has to happen in that moment. You're educating me on, on life, you know, in your neck of the woods. So I, Here's I, the deal. <laughs> I don't want to wake up at 6 a.m. to have to do it. Plus, you can't wait too late at night because I don't want to be out there snowblowing at midnight. I knew I had to do this show. You don't want the neighbors to get mad. People got kids trying to sleep. You're out there with the snowblower. That's no good. How long does this thing take? Like, like start to finish. We're talking like 10 minutes or 20 like minutes. A, okay. I put it on the rabbit setting and made quick work of that snow. My man. Well done. Okay. Well, I did watch the halftime show. Um, it was okay. Uh, you know, it, it was, I think it's hard to pull off when you don't have the fans and you can't have the same, you know, artificial crowd on the field and things like that, but it was fine. I, I'm glad that I wanted to hear blinding lights and commercials for a long time. And what were your favorite commercials? Uh, I really liked the Jason Alexander hoodie. 
uh, commercial. That was pretty good. Uh, that I kind of I feel pressured to get one of them now. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> um, I liked the T-Mobile commercial and the version with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. It was the one with Ashton, uh, not Ashton Kutcher. Uh, I liked that one though. That one had Shaggy. <laughs> that was, uh, I mean, a Shaggy appearance. Who the hell thought that was going to happen? And by the way, the most unbelievable thing of all time is a gorgeous woman like Mila Kunis with the Cheetos dust all over. Like I can't ever picture a gorgeous woman with the Cheeto fingers. It was really great. A really great song brought back to life. Maybe, you know, it climbs up the Spotify, you know, list or whatever the case may be. Uh, but yeah, the T-Mobile one. And again, they didn't let the Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski one air for whatever reason. Shout out to all the companies that chose not to air their Super Bowl commercials and donated the the money they would have spent uh, to COVID relief. I think that was awesome. And I, I think, you know, I know that the NFL has patted itself on the back many times, stats, for pulling off the season despite this past year and our current year's challenges still. I, I think it, I really am amazed that, that we're here. I, it, this day felt really far away a lot of times. Yeah, I don't want to give them any credit for doing it. They're the ones that decided if the sure. games were canceled. Stunner, they put them on. And there were a couple of games that should have been canceled this year. Two more commercials I like. The Will Ferrell Hates Norway commercial I thought was very, very good. I laughed out loud multiple times. And as I predicted in the roundtable in the pregame, I thought that the best, maybe the best commercial that is close, but Bud Light, the Avengers style legends where they bring all the old characters from the old Bud Light commercials back. Very, very good. Uh, yeah, good. Nothing again. Th- this was a very untraditional broadcast. Obviously, it didn't have the feel. Maybe a lot of it was, you know, not your standard normal Super Bowl parties. Obviously, what did what was on on the menu in the stats household? Oh, you mentioned this earlier. You made you had some some chili, some beanless chili. You went wrong about this. It was it was um I don't know what we call it the dip. It's like a Mexican dip, which is probably not even accurate. It's chili <laughs> with no beans, cream cheese, olives. Shredded cheese in the oven, 325 for 20 minutes. Did you enjoy? Oh, it was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, Stats, while we're talking, Patrick Mahomes did issue a tweet uh, right now. He tweeted out, thank you, Chiefs Kingdom, for all the support. Wasn't the way we wanted it to end, but we will be back. I don't think there's any doubt that they will be back. What, What is going to be the comp? for the Chiefs in the offseason to come. I'm, I'm going to throw out the 2016 Golden State Warriors, okay? People are going to say they were so good. They obviously were coming off their first title. It was very clear they were transcendent and they were going to reset, you know, the way we all viewed the sport, and they just ran into the GOAT, whether you believe LeBron is that or not. But they just ran into a Herculean performance from an all-time player in LeBron James the way that, you know, not that Tom Brady had the all-time performance. The Cavs were a great team that year as well but I think that that's the comp that we're going to start to see for the Chiefs as the offseason rolls on that's pretty good um I think that people are going to harp on the injuries too so I almost wonder if it's the Warriors the last time the Warriors were in the finals when Clay gets hurt Mm. Kevin Durant gets hurt because people are going to look at that offensive line and see the way Mahomes was scrambling around and say well they just lost their guys which isn't necessarily true and I don't think gives enough credit to the Buccaneers to be honest with you what do you make of the fact that, I mean, the, the Chiefs were the, the best bet to repeat, right? I mean, yep. and, and they mentioned it on the broadcast. How long, we Shout out to the CBS broadcast, apparently. Uh, because we've, we've shouted them out several times. But of, of all the teams since the 2004 Patriots that successfully repeated, I mean, so we're talking 05 through 19. The 2019 Chiefs were the best bet to repeat, right? I would think so, yeah. 
That's just crazy that it, that it happened. I also, um, I know I asked that question and kind of didn't even answer it. I do want to add one final thing that I thought of. I do think this was sort of cosmically destined. The 2000, and, and I think, I, I think Tom Brady is so great that the 2008 season, this is where my point of origin started, is legitimately not in doubt in my mind, but it's hard to fully give credit to the Pittsburgh Steelers for winning that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 43, because Tom Brady was absent. We have seen the measure of Tom Brady's greatness so much that I am willing to say that, but that was a, a bit of a lost year for Tom Brady, obviously lost in week one, incidentally against the Kansas City Chiefs. Where was that Super Bowl played, Stats Super Bowl 43? Tampa? It was in Tampa, where, where this – and who lost that Super Bowl? I don't know. The Arizona Sorry. Cardinals. The, okay. And, and that, th- that's where this kind of falls apart a little bit. But, but that's Card- why it's the, I thought it was the Cardinals, but I was like, why is he asking me? Well, this the Car- doesn't matter. The Cardinals have a special sort of point in this story, right? I mean, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, Tyron Matthew on the losing end here. And so this, this was kind of cosmically, and, and that was the, the Bruce Arians Steelers that won that game. You know what I mean? Like, so this, this game in many ways was kind of cosmically destined to be after Super Bowl 43 when Santonio Holmes caught it in the corner of the end zone. That is pretty crazy. That is like, you just like eight degrees of separation to me yeah. or six degrees, however many degrees there are in separate things. You just yeah. did it. That's how I roll. But it, I want to say it again, Stats. I've loved this season. It's been so much fun here on the SB Nation NFL show. We got a lot of great reviews over the past week. And so I'm really grateful for everyone that chooses to enjoy the NFL with us. Yes, we are loving the reviews. Thank you very much. We're pretty late on time, so I'm not going to read one, but uh, they are awesome. Please keep them coming. We do appreciate it. One last thing before we go. What is the one thing you are going to remember from this Super Bowl when someone's like, remember when the Bucs and the Chiefs played? And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was the one where. Unquestionably that the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown because this will probably go down as one of the best offenses we've ever seen, right? When it's all said and done, this iteration. And I, I, and every piece of it is great, right? Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman slept on a little bit, you know? And so the fact that, the fact that they were shut out is incredible to me. And, and I think that that Devin White is well, going to be... they weren't shut out. They were shut out of the end well, zone. Well, you get my point. They were shut out in, in a touch... This is a team that scores touchdowns at will. And that they were shut out in that capacity. And that Devin White yanked... Again, because if, if they had scored that garbage time thing, you know that you know every Chiefs fan, because at that point, the, the game was in hand, they were saying, just score this touchdown so that we never have to hear that the, the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown in this game. And Devin White assured that that would be the case. And I will always remember that. What about you? Well, I'm just going to put aside the fact that Tom Brady got two Super Bowl rings when the opposing team didn't score a touchdown. Just going <laughs> to throw that out there. So that is a fact and it is not in dispute. I will lump this Super Bowl in with the two Giants Super Bowls that they won against the Patriots because to me, it just speaks to the power of being able to get consistent pressure with your front four. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, if they're mobile, if they're not mobile. If you got seven guys in coverage and you get pressure with four, you are going to give somebody else a hell of a time. And that is exactly what happened tonight. And congratulations to the Bucs. They earned it and they played awesome. I, uh, I'm excited for the look ahead this offseason stat. Something I want to talk about. So a spoiler alert for our future episodes. I think if you're a great quarterback that goes up against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, you're just destined to lose. Because like, think about the quarterbacks that have like had his number, so to speak. Eli Manning. Nick Foles, and then even just within the AFC, who like the the quarterback who kind of haunted him the most in his path 
through the Super Bowl, through the AFC, was Joe Flacco. You know what I mean? Like, it's all these pedestrian, obscure, you know, whatever quarterbacks. But, you know, he runs into Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, the MVP, and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. No big deal. It's just crazy. Because they have the better teams around them. That's awesome. Maybe. I don't know. I'm th- just throwing that out there. <laughs> also, the Eagles ran a Philly special, with, which was pretty sweet, too. Also, so- also, to go back to the Arizona thing, the restart to Tom Brady's legacy happened at the University of Phoenix Stadium at Super Bowl 49, the home of the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Bringing some, <laughs> dropping some knowledge on me. <laughs> Tom Brady, the only player, by the way, to have multiple Super Bowl championships after turning 40. Just- Insane. There are, there's too many little stats for him that just prove his greatness. Congratulations, Bucks fans, Chiefs fans. We're very sorry. Don't worry. You've got plenty more good years to come. For RJ Ochoa, I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. That is a wrap on the 2020 season, but don't worry. We will be here with you all offseason long. No one can see you, RJ, popping your shirt. And thank God for that. We'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs>